Michael Myers Minute, where we delve into the 1978 horror classic Halloween one minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Minute 44 starts with four seconds of Lindsay on the couch, then we're with Michael again looking into the kitchen as Annie gets her pants off. From the script, she stands in the kitchen with only her panties and dull yellow knee socks on. Actually, I think I added the description of the socks. But I'll deal with an IMDb goof here, because here is where it is wrong. When Annie is first shown spilling something on her clothes and takes them off to wash them, her panties are a solid color. Later, when she is in the laundry room, her panties have flower prints on them. They are not solid. The details are just very small, so are not as obvious from afar. And in the novelization, we get this bit of Cloverian psychosexual fury. Quote, She wore pink and blue print cotton panties bikini style, and though her legs weren't as long as Judy's, her buttocks were large and filled the pants to straining, and she had a sensual bulge just over the crotch that made him breathe heavily with desire. His hand opened and closed involuntarily on the handle of his knife. She turned to face the door for a moment, and he ducked back into the shadows. His head collided with a hanging plant, knocking the pot against the side of the house. He reached up to stay it, but it was too late. End quote. Annie puts on another shirt, a man's shirt too big for her, which she retrieves from near the hanging clothes. A hamper. Wallace Laundry. Second 13, as Annie buttons the shirt, we get a nice glimpse of the stove, some nice big pots, a big bowl of popcorn waiting for that butter. And the Wallaces have a lovely backsplash, red bricks and a herringbone pattern. We can also see just how little space there is entering this kitchen. Whoever placed the refrigerator there and decided to leave a door swinging in, when pocket doors were perfectly respectable in 1978, was an idiot. Minute 78, we will see how this lack of space slows Michael down a hell of a lot, though. That refrigerator-placing idiot will have saved Lori's life. Angle on side of house, second 19, we watch from outside as she reaches into the cupboard over the stove. The shape moves closer to the kitchen window and knocks down a hanging plant. It crashes noisily to the ground. Interior, Wallace House. Annie is startled by the crash. She looks outside the window. Second 28. She pulls a box of cornstarch out of the closet and sprinkles it out on the stains of butter. Now we should talk about Annie. I never realized until I was reading from the shooting script what Annie pulled out of the cupboard. I assumed it was something for the popcorn flavoring, maybe. But it is cornstarch. So, from housewifehowtos.com, quote, Did you know you can use cornstarch on laundry stains? Although cornstarch is most often used to thicken sauces, gravies, and soups, it's also an indispensable ingredient in the battle against laundry stains and odors. Don't panic when that pizza cheese dribbles onto your favorite t-shirt. Just grab a clean white cloth and blot it as well as you can, then heavily dust both sides of the fabric with cornstarch. Let it sit for ten minutes, then shake the powder off before dabbing at any remaining grease with white vinegar. Launder immediately at the hottest temperatures permitted by the manufacturer's label, and you should be stain-free. Always check that the stain is gone before putting clothes in the dryer, or you'll set the stain. End quote. People make fun of Annie for getting undressed and doing laundry while babysitting, but I want to suggest today that Annie is actually being fairly responsible. She immediately gets something else to wear, albeit a borrowed shirt. If she had just gone out to the car in this minute, she would have been able to wear Lori's coat, thrown into the back seat in minute 30 and never seen again. There is no chance of Lindsay seeing her undressed. That kid is glued to the television right now. And it is 1978. I've got a feeling that Annie occasionally wears in public outfits that reveal more of her skin than Mr. Wallace's shirt does. Annie lives in a small rural town. Her father's the sheriff, so they're probably not rich. But also not poor, still solid working class. 
immediately dealing with a shirt-ruining stain is a good plan. Way back when we were recording for Minutes 1 and 2, my sister Bobby reiterated a point she has made many times over the years. If she spilled on herself while babysitting, she would just wear the stained clothes and keep going. But then the clothes are stained. Stains set. I have no problem with Annie's actions here. And given the cornstarch thing, I feel better about her actions today than I have watching this film many times before. Second 30, Michael is by the bay window again. We pan down to Lester approaching. Second 38, Lester starts barking at Michael and Michael turns. In the script, it says a hanging plant swings in the wind. It bumps against the side of the house. Angle on Annie. She turns from the window and walks out of the kitchen. This doesn't happen, of course. Continuing. Exterior, Wallace house. The hanging plant continues to whap against the house. A hand suddenly stops its motion. The shape leans up to close the kitchen window, looking inside. Angle on dog. From the darkness of the backyard, Lester springs forward into camera, snarling and barking viciously. Angle on shape and the dog. The shape darts away from the kitchen window, the dog snapping right after him. First of all, obviously they didn't know how their dog would be. They didn't know what their dog trainer would have. Filming a dog attacking the guy. I'm sure Tommy Lee Wallace could have done it or Nick Castle could have done it. But you don't need it. And the shape darts away from the kitchen window. I don't think... Even in the script, Michael doesn't dart. Or the shape doesn't dart. He doesn't do anything quickly. So none of that happens. Instead, interior Wallace house, second 41, Annie is sprinkling cornstarch on her blouse. Annie listens to the barking of the dog. In the script, it says growling. And she turns to Lindsay in the living room, which is weird phrasing considering she's in the kitchen. Second 42, Annie looks back and two things. One, I guess this confirms that the bay window is across from the stove to the right of how we're looking at this kitchen. We do not see that window from inside until Bob goes into the kitchen in minute 65. Two, a story. As I told it briefly in my blog, Once Upon a Time, I still quote dialogue from this movie on a regular basis, and if my sisters Bobby or Brooke are reading, or listening to, this, they should appreciate this. Once, when we were getting out of our family car that had a sunroof, our mother had neglected to close the roof, but it turned off the car. Bobby said, roof, roof. Sounded a lot like a dog barking. You gotta know that for the punchline to make any sense. I responded, Mom, Bobby's barking again and getting on my nerves again. Annie's next line, Lindsay, Lester's barking again and getting on my nerves again. In the script, Lindsay says, no, he's not, which is really weird, because he's obviously making noise. But Lindsay doesn't say anything, because movie Lindsay is amazing. She doesn't care. She's busy. Second 49, the growling sounds abruptly stop. Annie, never mind, guess you found a hot date. Second 54, Annie turns her attention back to her cornstarch. Second 56, we get a stinger, and exterior, Wallace House. We see the shape's legs a few feet from the house. Next to him are Lester's legs, kicking and struggling a few feet above the ground. Off screen, the shape is strangling the dog in midair. The dog's legs start to go limp, and the minute ends, but this moment was actually fairly easy to film. The dog trainer, who goes uncredited and still unidentified, the dog trainer's name is one of the more recent casual Google obsessions I've got. I've been looking into TV shows and movies from the 70s that feature dogs and looking up, like, who was their dog trainer, stuff like that. I'm not going to contact every free dog trainer that was around the 70s, but, you know, maybe I'd find some comment on a website just under their name that mentions Halloween. But I've looked at stuff like the Doberman Gang movies or Dracula's Dog. 
The search, of course, got me to Carl Spitz and the Hollywood Dog Training School, but Spitz died in 1976, and the school was bought by Nick Carl in 1978, but with its low budget, I'm not sure if Halloween would have sprung for that. And their website certainly doesn't mention that they worked on Halloween, so currently at a dead end. I've also been obsessing lately about who played Edith Myers way back in minutes 6 and 7, because no one seems to know who that was either. Uh, that search has involved, for instance, checking the cast of episodes from the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Mysteries TV show, because so many other cast members from Halloween seem to have been on the show. I haven't found anything yet. I think my next step is to look at the movies that Deborah Hill was script supervisor on before Halloween. Because, like, that's how she found Kim Gottlieb. That's how she found Dean Cundy. Or, if I really want to get obsessive, because I know other people are looking for this information, I go check film school graduates, people who went to USC film school with Nick and John. I don't know. Or maybe it's just someone's mother. Hell, maybe it's Will Sandin's mother. I should have asked Will Sandin. I met him at age 40 and I didn't even think of it. I should have made a list ahead of time. Here are the bits of information I want. I met Brian Andrews. I asked him about his costume. You know? I could have met Will Sandin. Asked him about who played his mother. I could have met... What was the other thing I just said? Oh, the dog trainer. Yeah, no one there would have known that. Well, Nick Castle might have. Since it was someone standing in for him in that scene, he might have known. And I did meet Nick Castle. I haven't found anything yet on Edith Myers or the dog trainer. <sighs> anyway, the dog trainer lifted the dog, and the dog's legs dangled naturally. They slowed down the footage, added the sound, and we get strangled Lester. That is all for Minute 44. Michael Myers Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. You can stalk me on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute or Instagram Michael Myers Minute. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a nice review. Or a review at all. <laughs> Until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh?